This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. There's a new accessibility tool for you to use, and it's completely free. TD Lab has designed a plugin for the public to enhance their online experience. This plugin can be used on any website. Samantha Estuesta is the product owner of the TD Accessibility Adapter Tool, and unsurprisingly, Samantha's got a bunch to say about it. Hey, good morning, Samantha. Good morning, Dave. So, Samantha, let's hop in the time machine and go back in time here. Why did the TD Lab venture into the idea of this accessibility plugin? So, this was a colleague first initiative. Um, it's not apparent, but I have invisible disabilities. And so, I'm often thinking about digital accessibility. And one of the things that we think about here is there's a lot of irritants that our colleagues have when they're trying to do um, work. And there's, you know, there's different competing items in the digital accessibility world to be able to be as productive as you can be. So we took uh, an approach to solve this colleague irritant. We worked with our digital accessibility teams, um, the an external organization called Disability In, and we started to say, okay, what are the sorts of things that we can do to enhance someone's browsing experience? Not only if they have a disability, but they might just have, um, you know, digital browsing preferences. There's a lot of people who don't have disabilities who really appreciate dark mode, that sort of thing. Mm. And so we started to do this from the best way possible, understanding what tools would work with other assistive technologies and what's the sorts of features that would make the most difference for our colleagues' lives. So what was the development process and testing process like? How did that play out? So we started uh, first in our lab. Uh, so we're a part of uh, TD Bank as a whole. And we uh, started to create this as a CSS switcher. So we did all of the informal testing that we would do as a lab. We brought this to uh, a partner in our bank uh, called Odyssey. And so there was 6,000 colleagues that tried it out in March. So we, you know, we started whiteboarding this in June of 2022. March 2023, we started to test it out with colleagues. We did an external pilot with Disability In at the time as well. And we started to get so many pieces of feedback. And, and at this point, we had already built this in conjunction with our digital accessibility team and our assistive technologies team. Um, and so then we opened it up to all of our 95,000 colleagues in June. The feedback was amazing as they continued to utilize this pilot internally. And we knew it wasn't something that we could just keep with our group. And so September 2023 rolls around and now it's public for everyone. I, I want to dive into the public side in just a moment because making it free to the public is certainly a really cool opportunity. But maybe let's do the sales pitch a little bit here and talk about what the public is going to get for free because there are 18 different accessibility features. We probably don't have time to go through all 18, but broadly speaking, how did you come up with those 18 before we talk about a few specifics? Absolutely. So we listened to people with disabilities and the types of irritants and barriers they had, and we built out a series of disability profiles. 
Um, we like to utilize disability language, so making sure that it's not something that's hidden within that space as well. Uh, and then we built out features that can be utilized across profiles. Um, each of the profiles that we have in here, be it ADHD or low vision, um, they're all features that are across the solution. So you might say, oh, I want to see what is in connection with my, you know, my episodic disability of epilepsy. Oh, there's other things that might also fit in here as well. And, and making sure that we had something that would be cross-utilized by the widest range of humans. Okay, so let's talk about a few of the specifics here, because again, 18, uh, we'd be here the rest of yes. the hour, which by the way, <laughs> not a terrible idea. Maybe, maybe down the road, do a little special, but for now, let's focus on these on these three demonstrations that you want to show off. The first demo designed for people with ADHD. How does this one work? So, uh, so the tool itself is a CSS switcher. So the way that it works is that you go into the extensions bar, you'll see the TD shield and you can go to disability profile and we will have within disability profiles, a list of those profiles. We also have browsing experience, co uh, comprehension and perception. So under ADHD, we have stop animation. So you might um, find it very distracting to have videos that go through. Um, we also have a reading guide tool. So a reading guide tool grays out the majority of the screen except for a single transparent bar. And that allows you to focus on each individual line of text. Um, if, if you were thinking about this as a physical tool, you might've used a ruler, you might've used your finger, and this repre represents that sort of technology, but in a digital sense. Oh, I love that. Sort of avoiding that temptation to sort of scroll up and forth and back and down and zipping all around, sort of focusing the experience. I love that. It's really handy. And, you know, if you're someone who works in a bank, you see a lot of transaction data. Oh, oh and that's something that really can help you, even if you don't have that disability. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That, that's not a disability for me. But even as someone who's legally blind, it can oftentimes get a lot of things blurry. It's nice to focus. Yes. Okay, what about for people with dyslexia? What features are on offer? Oh, I, I really like the features that we have for dyslexia. So again, you're going to utilize the tool in the same way. You can go through disability profile to, to get to that particular feature. Um, and you'll notice that uh, there's a really neat way that we think about um, the fonting here. So we use the open dyslexic font, which is a font that was actually created by people with, dys, uh, with dyslexia. And so they have changed the characters, so they're separated out a little bit more. Uh, the character style goes from a very thin to thick versioning on each letter. And one of the very neat ways that I like to describe this is that in the numeral zero, there's a dot in the middle. And so if you're looking at capital O, you might have some confusion between that and the, and the numeric um, of zero. And so they've been able to make that differentiation. And I love that. I just love that. And there are some functions designed for people who are partially sighted. You had one in particular you wanted to demonstrate. How is this one going to be particularly useful? So I, I think we're going to loop in a few of the ones that we have in here. So under the perception tab, we really do have a series of, of you know, features that are available depending on your own unique needs. So um, we wanted to make sure that we were thinking about colorblindness for um, different ways that uh, natural versus artificial light could be affecting. So we have different contrasts where you could have a black highlight with white text or a light contrast, which is a light um, uh, highlight with black text. 
Uh, and then we also have different saturations. So you might be able to utilize a high saturation to be able to see the differentiations of the colors, um, or you might also want to use a low saturation and that still allows you to have a perception of the, the view of the image um, in a way that is more clear. So there's a variety of different opportunities to play around with what works for everyone. Um, I myself love the low saturation feature. And then if you go into uh, a browsing experience, you can find uh, a majority of people's favorites, which is dark mode. Wow, so a lot of customization here, which is yes. really, really fantastic. I think a lot of people uh, within the disability spectrum love themselves some customization. They love being able to rig up their tech the way that they like it. So here's what's really interesting to my mind, Samantha. This is an incredible initiative within the company. But you and your colleagues and the organization decided, no, 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 no. This isn't just for internal TD products. This isn't just for TD customers. This isn't just for TD employees. You've made this tool usable as a browser plugin and free. Why that priority? Why that external view? You know, it's it's just the right thing to do. Uh, we saw the impact that it had with colleagues. I know personally the impact that it's had to, to my browsing experience and my productivity. Um, and, and when you have something like that, that, you know, really has this, this way of changing the way that people are able to either do work or even just enjoy digital media, um, you can't just keep that behind a paywall. And so that was part of our ethos. It's, it's connected to our inclusive innovation frameworks, the way that we think about uh, the work that we do in uh, our innovation spaces. And so it was, it was always, um, it was always clear that it was just the right thing to do to release this um, at no cost to the public. Beyond the positive web browsing experience that may come from utilizing this product, what do you think the broader effect could be for people with disabilities? So um, I've been I've been hesitant before in my roles to disclose my own disabilities. Uh, I didn't disclose until I was actually at TD. So it's been about six years that I've been very open about it in my workplace. And, you know, the stigma is still very real. You know, you're starting, um, you're starting to have these, these fears about opening up about certain needs that, that you might have, or even if your needs change during the day. Um, and so there are all of these ways that we can think about addressing stigma by having tools like this. Um, you know, this is a day one accommodation that's available to our colleagues. On day one, you can have this. You don't actually have to go through an accommodations process. You can just auto add it to your machine. And there you can start from there. And this gives that space to say, you know, this is just something that we should have. We should have accessibility um, embedded in everything we should do. Uh, you know, accessibility is a standard already when it comes to digital properties. But let's go into that hyper-personalization. You, you mentioned it earlier, no one has the same experience. Someone who might have the same diagnoses as me does not have the same uh, experience that I have. And so being able to go beyond just uh, a standard and go into hyper-personalization where everyone can have the experience that meets their needs and doesn't um, interfere with other tools that also support their needs, that that leads to this idea of like, it's it's not it's not complex to be able to have an experience that works for you. 
You know, Samantha, I was just talking to um, some young leaders at a foundation, uh, excuse me, at a Fighting Blindness Canada summit over the weekend, and, and there was some talk about independence and accommodation and the exhaustion that can come with perpetually self-identifying and perpetually advocating for accommodation. No matter how welcoming the company might be, sometimes it's nice to have that independence to troubleshoot yourself. That might not be everybody, but I'm someone who does like to kick the tires a little bit before I'm going to go send out a bunch of emails. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's what we got uh, some of our feedback from our colleagues is that it allowed them to, you know, customize it to their own needs in a way that they could then have that conversation if they needed to have that conversation on their own times with the experiences that they wanted to talk about. Yeah. And so it, everyone is different. Some people like to go in day one with a with a list of all the things that they know they need. And some people like to see, um, you know, what they can tailor to their own experience first and then go from there. And so this is just one of those uh, available tools to our colleagues. Now the public, they can do the same. Samantha, what a great initiative by you and your colleagues. I'm going to share some of the uh, contact information and information for folks to access the tool in a second. But thank you so much for the time that you've taken today. And please keep up all the excellent work with you and your colleagues. Thank you so much, Dave. That's Samantha Estoesta, the creator behind the TD Accessibility Adapter. The adapter can be downloaded via the Chrome Web Store. So the TD Accessibility Adapter, it can be downloaded via the Chrome Web Store. And don't worry, more information will go up on our blog after the show, ami.ca slash now, ami.ca slash now. In 60 seconds, there's some precipitation heading towards British Columbia. John Lepke will have the latest in his weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Laurie Paris with your morning business minutes. Markets on both sides of the border reported steep losses, with Canada's main stock index recording a triple-digit plunge. The S&P TSX Composite Index plummeted 242 points to 19,450. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average sank 332 points to 33,665. The S&P 500 Index fell 58 points to 4,314, while the Nasdaq Composite dropped 219 points to 13,314. Shares tumbled in Asia following the retreat on Wall Street and worries about the war in the Middle East are also dragging down markets. Japan's Nikkei plunged 611 points to close at 31,430. South Korea's Kospi dropped 46 points to 2,415. The Shanghai Composite Index dropped 53 points to 3,005. Markets also fell in India, Thailand and Australia. And our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 74.84 cents U.S., down from yesterday's close of 73.07 cents U.S. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Lori Paris. Thank you very much, Lori. From business to weather, here's John Lepke. John, umbrellas and raincoats out in British Columbia. Yes, absolutely. So for today's story, we're looking westward. Now, British Columbia is no stranger to rain, but this week has been especially wet for some areas of the province. As of Thursday afternoon's warning from Environment Canada, which spanned from Vancouver Island to as far inland as Whistler, 60 to 140 millimeters was expected between Wednesday and this morning, thanks to a weather system that has decided to make its home along the Pacific. According to experts, yesterday's rainfall is unlikely to be the end of it, with the Weather Network reporting that up to 300 millimeters could reach some areas of the province by the time the system decides to move on later this evening. This influx has led the government to issue high stream flow advisories for Vancouver Island, the Sunshine Coast, parts of the North Shore, the Howe Sound area, 
Squamish, and the Sea to Sky part of the South Coast. In addition, West Vancouver Island has also been issued a flood watch, which is different from a flood warning. Um, for updated information as the situation develops, you can visit the Government of British Columbia's River Forest Center, River Forecast Center webpage. John, I love uh, that you gave this update and certainly where folks can find out more information, but I also really enjoy that you gave the system a personality when it decides to move on. When the weather is good and ready to move on, it will. I like that. That's, that's a personalization of the weather that I very much enjoy. Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> that's John Lepke with your weather report coming up after the break. Oh, you know this. It can be hard to avoid online shopping. If you're going to do it, how can you get the most bang for your buck? Aaron Broverman has some tips on bargain hunting online and maybe just a reminder about self-discipline. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.